Good morning, Grace Presbyterian Church. Uh, nothing can go. <coughs> excuse me. Nothing can go wrong with with the word grace. This morning, I was trying to look for the internet, and I saw free grace for guests, <laughs> and grace secured for members. Uh, my name is John Sung, and I'm coming with my wife Esther. She is with me. Uh, we are first-time MTW missionaries. I met Pastor Mac at the Presbytery meeting in October, and after hearing what I and my wife will be doing, uh, he invited me to share with the church our plans to go overseas next year in Asia. We are glad to be here, to have the opportunity to share, to, to share with you and to get to know you. And thank you for uh, allowing me to share God's word with you. We are excited about your church, that you are interested in being part of the global missions. We spent a beautiful evening yesterday at the pool house, and thank you for your warm reception. The topic of my sermon this morning is the call of God, and the scripture passage is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. And let me read this to you first. And it's in the Pure Bible, page 1007. And if you have your app, or you're more than welcome to uh, listen to as I, as I uh, read it. The faith, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was not, he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And before I start, let us come to the Lord in prayer and asking God's presence to be with us. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come and worship you. We ask for your presence to be with us so that we can hear, listen, obey, and trust your word. Bless the time that we have together this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Uh, I have three main points for my sermon. Uh, the first one is about the call of God to Abraham, which we'll focus on the uh, passage I just read. And the second part, a little bit about the call of God to me personally. And lastly, about the caller, God himself, which is being shared with us in the passage. God calls people, and people must respond. But men are very limited in our ability to do God's work. Uh, main point number one, God called Abraham, and Abraham obeyed. God leaves marks in human history, and one of the significant marks in the Bible was the calling of Abraham in Genesis 12, which we read earlier. God spoke to Abraham in a vision. God called Abraham because God wants to save all nations through one descendant, one of his descendants. After the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, God decided to rescue humans from the corruption of sins and the curse of death. God took the initiative 
to restore the broken relationship between humans and him. And in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, God showed us his final creation, the new heaven and the new earth. God will come and he will be our king forever. Therefore, from creation to fall and from redemption to glory, these are the Bible's major themes. We, are, we were told here that Abraham obeyed. There were many examples of God calling people to do his works, and we shall look at a few of these examples now. Uh, Moses, he was called when he saw the burning bush. Moses raised many objections to God's calling, and his objections include who am I that I could go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt in Exodus 30, uh, chapter 3? Or suppose they ask me, what is his name? What if they do not believe me or listen to me? I have never been eloquent. And finally, he says, oh, Lord, please just send somebody else. Don't, don't call me. And if we look further in the book of Judges, let's pick Gideon. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. The oppressions of the Midianites were so great that Gideon has to hide in a wine press in order to be safe while he was threshing the wheat. We are familiar with the dry fleece and the wet fleece requests by Gideon. God gave him multiple confirmations that he would succeed over the enemies. Gideon accepted with hesitation at every major turning point in the story, and God eventually delivered the Israelites through the doubtful Gideon, despite his lack of trust in God, and Israel had peace that lasts 40 years. What about prophets? God called Jonah to the city of Nadavai. But Jonah went to the opposite direction. He got on a ship to Spain and was swallowed by a great fish. After three days, he was spit out, and only then he preached the shortest sermon to the people in Nadavai and left the city. And that sermon is only one sentence. Forty more days in Nadavai will be overturned. You wish your pastor preached a sermon like this every Sunday, right? <laughs> God spoke to him tenderly, telling him how much God loved the people, even Gentiles. In this story, we see that God desires people to repent and return to him. In Acts 20, chapter 20, Paul was near the end of his third missionary journey. He was called to go to Jerusalem. He did not know what would happen to him until he arrived in Tyre. A prophet named Agabus came from Jerusalem and bound him with Paul's belt and told him this was the kind of persecution waiting for him in Jerusalem. Paul was compelled by the Holy Spirit. He knew he was the one who had to face his challenge. God did not call anyone else to do Paul his job. Paul obeyed and he went. This eventually ended in his trial before Caesar in Rome. Paul was martyred in Rome. How about our Lord Christ himself? In the Garden of Gethsemane, 
Jesus prayed for the cup to be removed, yet he obeyed. He knew well that salvation came through his sacrifice on the cross. He was called to do a job that no one else could do. He was the chosen one. He obeyed. If you ask any one of these people, did they want to go and do in God's work when God called them? I don't think so. They all hesitate. They look, they took they look for an excuse because they know the job that they are called to do will be hard. Difficult. But they were all compelled to go. The Holy Spirit moves in mysterious way to guide them to do the will of God. God does not contradict himself. God calls and his will be done. We are told in verse 8 that Abraham obeyed out of his faith in God. This was credited to him as righteous. As people stepped in faith to face the challenge, their course, they became heroes of faith in history. My next main point is about God's call to me. Let's turn our focus uh, in my story a little bit. First, God called me to be a Christian. I received infant baptism in the Catholic Church, but I grew up not understanding the gospel. I did not think I was a sinner when I was a child. And this changed when I started attending Christian fellowship when I was in college. My second call from God is in my vocation. I became a dentist and I worked two years in my home country, Hong Kong, before I moved uh, to New York. I started attending a PCA church in Whitestone, Queens, where I met my wife, Esther, then we live happily ever after. <laughs> Thank you. God, God called me to be a husband and a father. We have two children. We grew our family as we grew with our church. I am a Christian first, dentist the second, and husband and wife later. These calls shapes my identity. And of course, the most important one is my identity in Christ as a Christian. Being a Christian is the foundation that I build my lives upon, and it is the most important core in my life. There are many other cores in my life, and one of them is the core to be a part of a church planting in Queens, Flushing. And from this experience, I realized the importance of the ministry of God's word and I grew a stronger desire to study in the seminary. During that time, I saw many broken families, single parents raising up children. They were discouraged and felt hopeless and helpless. And I realized it is only the word of God and the gospel of Christ that gives sinners hope, both Christians and non-Christians. In 2019, when the time was right, God elbowed me to retire from my dental profession, and I left New York to study in a seminary, the same one as uh, your pastor. <laughs> and I did not know what I would become after I graduate. My prayer at that time was that God opened door and God closed door for me. 
and it's in my final year of study, my professor challenged me to consider what I would do with the training that I received. And statistics tells me that 50% of seminary graduates will leave full-time ministry within five years. I was reminded that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I pray for a ministry opportunity, and God opens door for me to serve as a missionary. How do I know that God called me into missions? There are three things that I will share. Internal call, external call, and an opportunity to serve. Let me first talk about the internal call. Uh, like the many call in my life, the call was not I, not, I don't hear a voice. And it's not clear in the beginning, but as I share and pray with Esther, our friends, our pastors, it became clearer. And we grew a stronger and stronger conviction that this is God's call. External call, and we went through the interview and examinations with MTW. They finished the assessment and eventually they approved both me and my wife as missionaries. Uh, this is my external confirmation. And finally, an opportunity. And during the interview process, we looked into many places and finally got opened up one place. And that's the place where we are going in Asia. Ever since we start our fundraising and support raising uh, to our missions, God speaks and confirm with us that this is his will for us to go to mission every step along the way. Coming to this church is one of these many steps. We are preparing to go to Asia next February to join a team there. I'm called to Asia to be a missionary for reasons that I do not comprehend. As Abraham responded to God's call, he had no idea what lies ahead of him. But God gave me a desire and it was confirmed internally and externally. My friends see the danger that I put myself into, and I know the risk, but I respond, because God calls me to go. I receive confirmation from many sources, through prayers and spending time thinking through the process, and it's obvious to me that I must go when the opportunity fall on my lap. Like Abraham and Paul, I do not know what is waiting for me in the country that we are going to. I believe God is in charge. And when I look back on my life, I came to New York because of an uncertainty in the future of my home country. And now as I return to Asia, I'm actually facing a greater uncertainty. But God calls me and he walks before me. He leads me to go and I have peace. Even Jesus did not want to bear his cross, and he asked his cup to be removed. Eventually, he yielded and willingly went to the cross because it is his Father's will. Jesus knows his call is for no other but him alone. And when God calls me to become a missionary, this is a particular call that I cannot ignore. I must go. Uh, just a little bit about the work that I will, uh, I will plan to do as I'm in the country. And during the MTW interviewing process, both Esther and I uh, see the urgency 
to join the teamwork in this country. This country restricts the entry of religious workers, but I shall work part-time as a dentist. The, the rest of the time, uh, two days a week. Uh, the rest of the time, I shall have the opportunity to work with local churches. Christian pastors and leaders in this country constantly hunger for biblical teaching, but the government censors Christianity, whether presented in public, in print, or on the internet. Since 2018, the government has persecuted Christians and has expelled hundreds of missionaries from this country. But God has provided a rare opportunity for me to go in. The team that we shall join has been there for more than 10 years. They devoted themselves to teaching Reformed theology, building up future pastor, elders, evangelists, church planters in the country. Is this core more important than my personal gain in continuing my profession in the United States? Yes, it is a step of faith believing that God is in control. He is the king in advancing the gospel in the world. I do not have to secure my future by gathering more in this world, and I trust God will provide for every need. He will do the best for me when I submit to his will. God is calling me to leave the comfort and security of home to this overseas mission. And just a word about sacrifice. Uh, a missionary, his name is David Livingston, he says, quote, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office, away with the word sacrifice. Say rather, it is a privilege. All these are nothing when compared to with the glory which shall be revealed in and for us. I never made a sacrifice." End quote. Comparing to the sacrifice that Jesus made, his coming into this world to be born as a baby, working as a carpenter, being despised and condemned to die on the cross for no reasons of his own, nothing compares to the great love that God has shown us by sending his son to redeem us from our sins. This is the meat of the gospel. Jesus Christ died for us, and those who believe in him are saved. Does God need me to do his work? Let's turn to verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. God is the designer and builder. God is able to do his work. Let me turn uh, to the one who calls Abraham, the one who calls Pastor Mark, Mark, and the one who calls me. Who is this God? From Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Apostle Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. God is the creator of all things, including us. Genesis chapter 1, 26, let us make man in our image. The word Elohim uh, is a plural noun uh, representing uh, of God. The Apostle Creed again tells us that God is three persons in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the the Great Commission of Matthew 28, uh, he sent us 
by his name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. His character in Exodus chapter 34. Moses asked God to reveal his glory to him. And this is what God says. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generations. Jesus is the ultimate missionary. He came from heaven to this world. He transcends all barriers to come to us, to be born as a helpless baby. In less than a month, we shall celebrate Christmas. We are celebrating it now. The birth of Jesus. He grew up subjecting himself to all manners of suffering that we experience, and even more. Jesus suffered and died on the cross, and through his resurrection, we can have life and have life abundantly. For those who are in Christ, we are united with him. We are adopted into the family of God, and we shall receive his inheritance. One day he will come again. God designs, God plans, God executes his plans according to his own wisdom and power. And uh, it came upon me the sort of catechism telling us uh, who God is. It says, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. In his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Uh, there's a hymn called The Love of God. It talks about how every stalk is a pen, and the sky is the scroll, and the sea is the ink. And we cannot finish telling about the love of God. And the Apostle John tells us that if he writes everything about what Jesus did, there's not enough room uh, in the world to carry all the books about him. God is big, and God is great. In verse 10, God, we are being told God is the designer and the builder. God is in control. Therefore, I have no fear of going to a country that is not friendly to Christians, because I believe God is powerful enough to do his work, even without me. But he calls me. When the opportunity was presented to me, I saw part of God's plan is for me to be in this place at this time, doing what he wants me to do. I'm sure God has a call in your life. We are all called to be Christian. Some of us are called to be husband and wife, parents. Some are called to remain single. Christians are to be Christ's witnesses whenever we are. Your vocation may be a housewife, an accountant, a computer programmer. You need to ask yourself, is this the call of God in your life? And one way we can tell whether we are doing God's work is that we find joy in doing his work, despite the difficulty and challenges. When we do what God calls us to do, there is joy. We feel we are at the right place doing the right thing. And one important feature of Reformed faith is the renewing of our mind. I'm a dentist, but I can also be a missionary. God's call comes internally and externally, and he provides me with the opportunity to serve him. My profession does not determine my identity, 
but my identity in Christ shaped who I am and what I do. I am in Christ, and I'm most happy doing God's work that he prepares uh, for me to do. When we are doing God's work, the Spirit will confirm and things are right. Human lost this sense of rightness when Adam and Eve fell into the state of sin. The ability to do the right thing for God is lost, but it was recovered in Christ. When we are in Christ, our body is connected to the right head, and we have the right mind. I am sure that God has a call in your lives. God gives us purpose in this world. My call is not more important than yours. Without your support, missionary cannot go. Without people going, gospel cannot be uh, spread. And without the gospel spreading, people do not know God. And the seal of God accomplishes his own task by calling us to partner with him. And I pray that you also find your core and remain joyful in doing God's work. To conclude, last three minutes, I'm excited to follow his call. I'm not young. Abraham received his call in his 70s, 75 he was, and he lived up to 175 years old. I do not know how long I shall live or how long I can stay in ministry, but I trust that there's God's call for me and I responded. My personal sacrifice is nothing compared to the sacrifice of Christ for me. Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and he wants me to know him and his power. He is going to show me how great he is through the insignificant work that I can do for him. This will be an amazing journey, and I'm looking forward to telling you how this story unfolds in my future. Do I have my concerns and worries? On one hand, there are many. On the other hand, I have God's promises that he will be with me. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is faithful. He calms my soul. And as long as I keep my eyes on Jesus with your prayer and support, I shall fear no evil. Let us pray. Dear God, you are our creator. You know us better than we know ourselves. We come and submit to your will. Come and use us as you see fit. Thank you for Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, that we can have life and fellowship with you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.